and welcome to Spiritual Side Note. I'm Haley. And I'm Shay. And we're coming to you from our closet. A little so, tired today with the table. Yeah, a little tired. Oh, tighter? Tighter. Also yes. tighter. I'm always tired. <laughs> also tighter in the closet. We set up this um, folding table today, which we didn't have last time. We just had like a stool and a couple chairs. So we're getting fancy. But what we haven't told you is our closet is like kind of built into where our attic is. So when it's cold outside, it's freezing in here. When it's hot outside, it's really hot in here. It's going to make so. summer podcast recording awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're living the outdoor life indoors. It's kind of what that feels like. Anyway, we are coming to you with another episode. And today we're going to talk about contentment. It's something that Shay and I have been working on very intentionally, I would say specifically over the last year or so. Um, but before we get started, I wanted to play a little game. Shay doesn't know we're going to do this. Okay. Ooh. So I'm going to say a word, and you have to say the first word that pops into your head when I say my word. A little word association. Okay. Yeah, a little word association game. Are okay. you ready? I I don't know. <laughs> Pinata. Bat. Chartreuse. Color. Taco. Uh, food. Guacamole. Food. Bermuda. Uh, place. Yeti. Animal. Smug. Me. You call me smug all the time. No, it's been a while. It's not all the time. That's no. that's wrong. Banana. Food. <laughs> you keep having food items. <laughs> You're making it all easy for me. Your associations are very similar. <laughs> well, you're you're giving me foods. <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yesterday. Thursday. <laughs> Literally, yesterday was the only thing that came to mind. <laughs> Oh, this is classic. Uh, cheetah. Animal. Fast. Fast. Uh, eating. Belt. Waist. Armor. Night. Pen. Right. <laughs> now I'm just rhyming. Okay, we'll call that good. Okay. Thanks for participating. How many points do I get? What? Did I win? Do I get points? Uh, no. Oh. There was no points. <laughs> that was right. just for my sheer enjoyment. Fair enough. Did you get a good laugh out of it? I did. Okay. Thanks for participating. All right. You're content with the way they, that game I was. Out. I'm very content with the way there that game segue. went. Segue. So, contentment. Um, babe, was there anything in particular you wanted to start with in talking about contentment? Uh, no. Like, the first thought I had, and I told Hayley this last night, um, was, like, this is just, like, raw, almost. Like, and yeah. not in, like, necessarily a bad way, but just in a way of, like, uh, at least for me, I'm like right in the middle of trying to learn this on a whole new level. It's actually my word for the year. Um, and so there's a little bit where it's like, oh, man, this is like, I really don't have this figured out at all. Um, and I don't think we're going to have a lot of these topics, quote unquote, figured out when we talk about them. But this one just felt a little more raw. And um, like, I'm right in the middle. I don't know all the right answers. And like we said in the first episode, like, we're not experts. We're on this journey and trying to figure it out ourselves. And so we just want to have that open conversation of like, this is where I'm at and I'm really battling it, but I want to get better. And hopefully through processing like times like this or whatnot, that I'll be able to, to learn to do better with it. So that's all I was really thinking of. Cool. Um, so I looked up the definition of contentment and it says state of happiness or satisfaction and then just content as an adjective is a state of peaceful happiness as a verb is satisfy and as a noun is a state of satisfaction so they're all like pretty similar in what they're saying and I think for us at least as Christ followers replacing the happiness with joy because I don't always feel happy even when I'm choosing contentment, but I can choose joy in the contentment pursuit. Um, but I just kind of wanted to talk about how you have experienced, or we, like we can both speak to this, but since you were just saying this is one of the raw areas, I think for both of us, but um, it being your word for the year, what does the pursuit of this state of joy and satisfaction look like? now for you and what has it looked like before now hmm. 
that's a complex question. Um, I think like, so when I, when I think about joy versus my struggle with contentment, like a lack of contentment, joy feels, um, internal and lack of contentment feels external, um, that I'm letting the external factors, whatever that might be, um, get at the in the lack of internal joy but if i pursue internal joy then i feel like it affects my level of contentment with the things around me and it kind of goes back to we talked about this before but uh the idea of thankfulness like when we're thankful um and when we practice thankfulness like actually verbally saying what we're thankful for we've been doing this with our daughter and with each other just like at different meal times um throughout the week just trying to say like what are you thankful for athelia and and then Haley and I will both take turns, like, um, saying those things as well. Um, and it's just, it's such a good practice. Um, so when I think of, like, my pursuit of joy versus pursuit of happiness, I think of happiness as I'm pursuing external things to try to get content and be happy. Mm-hmm. But when I'm pursuing joy, I'm pursuing, pursuing, mm-hmm. um, pursuing, pursuing <laughs> uh, internal health in my relationship with Jesus and striving for that internal joy that then almost declares around me with the external things that I'm content with them. Um, and that actually uh, kind of came out of Psalm 23 even a little bit um, as I, I preached on that last week and to the students. Um, and that first verse of the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing or I shall not want. Um, and as I was researching that, some of the commentators were talking about how that's both like because God is our everything, we don't need anything else Mm -hmm. like he's our shepherd he is everything and therefore we don't need to lack anything but then the other side of that is it's really twofold because then it's actually a choice that because i have god i choose to not be lacking in anything i choose to be content with the situation i have with where i'm at in life with who i am um and that was something that really hit me hard it was probably i'm trying to do the math now i think it was three and a half years ago now um, and I've shared this story in a couple different settings. So if you might've heard this if I know you personally. Um, but, uh, we, or I was in the backyard and we had a, a dog at the time and, um, I was just like, just kind of battling internally a little bit. And so I was just praying as I was in the backyard with our dog and I was like, God, I'm content with our jobs. I'm content with where we're at. I'm content with our house. I'm content with my marriage. And I went to say, I'm content with myself. And I couldn't like I actually hmm. like I, I just stopped talking when I went to say it um, and I've battled insecurity and things like that. But um, really seeking to fight for that internal health and striving for contentment, not just with the stuff around us, but even with who God's created us to be, because mm-hmm. we have testimony in the or abilities in the right. There's um, things within us. Oh, I wish I was gifted at that like this person, or I wish I had this crazy story of transformation like that person. And um, and that kind of, I don't want to say scared me, but it shook me a little bit. Like when, when I said that I was like, or when I couldn't say it, I should say, um, mm. I was taken aback and it, it really was an insight into my own soul that I don't think I had seen before of and that really began the journey and i still struggle um 2020 was hard in multiple ways um but it was also good in the fact that i was able to pursue and press into that idea of contentment with who god's created me to be um in new ways and so that was really helpful through um counseling mostly um but also through conversations like with you and um so just really that started the journey three and a half years ago of like i i need to fight for contentment within myself um, but I still struggle with contentment with things around us in our lives. And so that's really my focus this year. So Shay is super popular, apparently getting lots of emails here. Okay. But as you're talking, I had like so many questions, so we'll see where all of this takes us. But First, you're talking about like the internal contentment versus the external drive, like for the pursuit of happiness or yeah, mm-hmm. that okay. So, as you're talking, what's filtering through my head is this internal contentment, even with who we are, 
is first connected to choosing to be content with who God is and him being our shepherd and mm-hmm. giving us all that we need so that we don't want. Yeah. And then I think that then as, as we choose to believe and rest in that, then we choose to <laughs> better. Hurt. Yeah. Hi, Hagee. Better focus on this internal contentment with who God has made us to be. And I think when we do that, it helps relieve the pursuit of external gratification. Mm, yeah. Okay. And then I think that also then gives us contentment with where other people are because then we're we're not comparing ourselves to where other people are or what they have or what For sure, yeah. we have and they don't have. So we're better in this area. Um, I don't know if all of that is kind of what you were saying, but that's a bit of the like word flow I was yeah. picturing. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So how, how do we choose to be content with who God is and to be content with who he's made us to be finding this internal joy? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I would love for you to share on that too, but um, I think a large part of it is it starts with actually believing what God says. Um, a lot of times, like we know the scriptures or we know what God says about us, that we're, we're loved and we're created and designed on purpose, for a purpose. And like we, we know all these things, but, um, but when it comes down to it, like we don't act in belief of those things. We choose to, to reject them, to believe the lies of the world. And frankly, the lies most of the time are just easier to believe. Um, and sometimes even more comfortable to believe. Um, I think it, uh, when I'm feeling down about myself, it's more comfortable to feel negatively towards myself rather than trying to pull myself out with the truth of, of what God says about me. And so um, I, for me, it just has to start with that place of like, what does God say about me? And not, and not just rattling off passages or truths or whatever, but like actually believing them. Um, and holding the conviction that they are true. Um, so the way that this really helped this last year, uh, my counselor um, was like, Shay, what if you, you know you just failed at something at work? Like something went went wrong, didn't go well, whatever, um, and you felt like a failure. Because um, that, that was a lot of the insecurity I was battling was like just dropping the ball at work and things weren't going well and failing in different areas. And so um, he's like, let's say you failed at something you finish up, you go out to your car, and Jesus is sitting in your car. Um, and what what is he like? What's the expression on his face? What is what does he look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, there's just he's welcoming and he's grace filled in that moment. And he's like, and what is, what does he say to you, or what do you do? And um, I was like, I just start weeping. I mm-hmm. and it's really twofold. I weep because of his grace and his welcoming demeanor. Um, but then also I weep because I feel like I've let him down in that moment. Like mm-hmm. I failed and therefore I let him down. Um, and, uh, and, and, but he just sits there and he, he lets me weep and he invites me like into it. Like I'm, I'm not a failure and he declares truth over me in that moment. And so that was just really good for me to like practice this idea of like, man, from human standards, I failed or from my standard of myself, my, my expectation, I failed. Um, but man, when I sit before Jesus and don't get me wrong, like we mess up, we make mistakes, we sin, we have to repent to those things. Um, but for me in that moment, I was failing by my own expectation that wasn't placed on me by anybody. Um, and so I felt like Jesus was able just to sit with me and invite me back into his grace and his love in a way that just made me feel accepted. Um, and that failure is an, an identity. Um, but it was just and maybe I did quote unquote fail. Maybe those things I did fail in that moment, but that doesn't define me. Um, so that's a lot like that phrase, like failure doesn't define me. It's really catchy and easy to say. Um, it's a whole lot harder to believe. And Mm -hmm. so for me, just picturing Jesus sitting in my car after, you know, minutes after I felt like I failed him and failed at my job and failed other people around me, um, for him to just extend that love and to have that, that look of grace and warmth and welcome, um, for me, which is, it was really helpful. Mm. So like I said, it all comes down to just actually believing what God says about me instead of what the world 
try to impose. Yeah. Which sounds so easy to say, yeah. but it's so hard to do mm-hmm. because it, it, I think maybe we talked about this in the last episode too, but choosing to do something outside of the way you feel is so difficult. I think that's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do yeah. is when I feel a certain way, but I know logically, not just in like worldly logic, but in truth logic, like God's word says this is true. Choosing to believe it, choosing to disobey the things inside of me that are lies, like is so, so hard. But the more I do it, as uncomfortable as that feels, the freer I become. And that's a different kind of comfort. And then you don't want to go back to where you were before. Mm-hmm. And as you were just talking about your interaction in your head with Jesus, I just kept thinking like contentment looks like less rather than more. Like less of these lies piled up in our brains, less of these boxes in the attic of our heads. Like this experience is boxed up here with these beliefs and this experience is boxed up here with these beliefs. These are the dreams I never accomplished or the expectations I have of myself or the expectations I think other people have of me. But being able to clear all of that space out or even the the titles we give ourselves, right? Like I'm a failure. I'm stupid. I'm not worth it. Or, or you can give yourself powerful, um, powerful titles, like the ones God calls us or prideful ones. Like Mm, I'm awesome. I'm the best. And having that come from a place of pride rather than of humility, like wow, God has made me to be like him and he has called me to himself. And I'm a child, I'm a believer, a disciple. And one thing that ran through my head I wanted to say was we won't know the truth of what we're called if we don't know God's word. So you were like, I could just rattle off passages, but some people listening might not even be able to do that. Um, So being able to like get in the word and find out what it is that God actually calls us so that we know what we're trying to choose to believe and that we can't do that on our own. We cannot try to choose on our own. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, he gives us his Holy Spirit and that power of the Holy Spirit teaches us how to choose to believe this truth. Mm -hmm. It once was explained to me like if if, we all know stop signs are red and red is the color of stop all around the world it's a very clear indicator but if i pulled up to a stop sign with someone who was sitting next to me and they said that stop sign is blue but i said no that stop sign's red it's always red yeah but i feel like it's blue Just because we feel like it's blue doesn't make it any less red than it actually is. And God's truth can be like that too. I don't feel like I'm loved or worthy or enough. But the truth is when we're covered by the blood of Jesus, we are seen through that. And we don't have to fulfill these expectations that we have of ourselves or what we think other people have of us. That was a little sidetrack, a little side note. Well, and... Along with that, sorry, mm-hmm. are you going to go somewhere No, go else? ahead. Yeah. So I was just thinking, because we've talked about this a lot, right? Where it's like, um, my reality is my reality. Kind of like what you're saying. Like if somebody's mm, sitting there, yeah. they actually believe that that stop sign is blue. Like in their head, it's blue. Like you can't change that for them. Mm-hmm. Just like my reality was I was a failure or I was battling these different insecurities and these lies. That's the reality that I sit in. Mm-hmm. And I have to choose to believe what true reality is. So back to the stop sign example if i say it's blue i believe it's blue that's my reality i have to choose that when you and 14 other people around me Mm. who i trust are saying shay that's red i have to choose that okay it it must be red um or choose the truth of god of that scripture as i'm digging in scripture like okay it feels blue it i think it's my reality says it's blue but that's not true Mm -hmm. reality um it feels a little matrixy but like almost like you got to unplug from the matrix. You got to unplug and, mm-hmm. and get out of the reality that you think you're sitting in um, and accept the true rea- reality of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about like actual sci-fi stuff. I'm just saying the, the reality in which we sit. But yeah. And the um, I look at it as little our reality. 
versus big R reality. Ooh, yeah. Like mm. the reality little R that we sit in is like the perspective lenses we wear that we talked about in the first episode. You need to say that again. What? You need to say that again. Oh, okay. Somebody didn't hear that. The little R and the big R. <laughs> the little R reality we live in is like the perspective lenses we live behind. But the big R reality is God's reality of what's really happening and what's really true. And that capital R reality is the kingdom mindset that's constantly trying to break in. Kairos moments, these moments in the kingdom where you're suddenly stopped in your tracks. Like, whoa, okay, God's doing something. A Kairos moment. Kairos. Wait, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, they're Kairos moments. Yeah, I, meant, okay. I meant for people who don't know. Kingdom what moments. Yeah. Um, the, um, how should I explain this? It's moments that aren't defined by time, right? Right. Yeah. Or I have a plan and I'm like, I'm going to do this today. This is my thing. But then, boom, you meet someone. Um, let's say it's a homeless person who has ended up in our church vestibule in the morning before you're headed to a youth event, which has happened. That's not what you expect. That's not what you were planning for. But there's this kingdom moment presently in front of you where you get to experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ and then give it to somebody else Mm -hmm. by being his hands and feet in a very tangible way. Or it can be something more internal where there's just this moment. For me, sometimes that's like goosebumps. The Holy Spirit sometimes talks to me that way where I just get goosebumps and I'm like, whoa, hang on. Something was either just said or done that was a kingdom moment or just like God talking to me where I don't expect while I'm on a walk to suddenly have a moment where something is clarified or I hear a truth I haven't been fully able to believe before and something suddenly clicks that was out of my own ability to connect this thing or to I'm going to on purpose find a homeless man in our church vestibule like I can't create those things they're just put in front of us um and honestly that's really our lives have for the first time i think in 2020 become something that we are so aware we're not in control of Mm. we've never been in control but we suddenly are aware of how much out of control we feel and we don't like that and we keep trying to find the control and get it back and have it feel normal and a part of that is me fighting for what i believe is true but there is a a capital t truth that's always true Mm. and that is found in who god is and what he says and i think we'll be working our whole lives here on earth with him to discover what those things are and to truly believe them and put them into action Mm -hmm. and it, it it's the whole head and heart thing like it what goes into our heads and what we choose to believe from our heads becomes what is planted in our hearts that then becomes what we say and do. So if I'm allowing God this process in my life, because life is a process, and I do want to say that, it, this isn't not nothing I think that we're going to be talking about is a, you're going to be better tomorrow. Um, I think God can do miraculous things like that. And yeah. suddenly our lives can be lived very differently, mm-hmm. but also being aware that change is a part of what God created. Things die and they grow and then things end and they begin. Like there's, there's change. We're, we're earthed as babies and we grow into adults. Like there's this constant movement. And I think we so often want this, at least in our first world culture in the United States, want, want this instant gratification so that tomorrow I can believe truth and I can feel better. Mm-hmm. But there is a long game we're playing mm-hmm. in allowing God just these moments every day to speak to us and transform us and teach us more about his truth. And then not beating yourself up either mm-hmm. when you find out what a capital T truth really is or this ca- capital R reality you haven't been living in um, and not looking back at you and and sitting in this old space, like, why didn't I believe that before? Mm. God's timing is perfect and he will bring his good work to completion and he will usher us into where we need to be. Um, and he, he doesn't enforce himself upon us either. That's why we have free will. I'm not saying that God's like, I am going to do this. But when we are open to him and invite him in to these spaces, he knows this posture of our hearts, like to be like him and to know things. And I think in his perfect timing, he will take us to those spaces. And there are consequences for our actions. We might not get to a space 
as soon as we could have because of choices we made. But I don't think um, that that means that that's discounted by God. It's actually covered with the grace of Jesus. And we can start there to live in these new spaces of capital R reality, which um, one of those things I think is contentment, where we get discombobulated about what we think will actually make us content, especially in our first world country and culture, where it looks like things, or it looks like a number of followers, or a number of likes, or a number of compliments at work, or working your way up in the ladder, or having a certain relationship with certain people, or even a certain relationship with your family, that we think we will feel content when we have these things, when we have more. And Paul does say in Philippians 4, yeah. 11 to 13, where he, he's learned to be content in any situation, and he includes less and more. So I just want to go back to that. When I say that I think contentment looks like less rather than more, I mean inside, right? The not trying to shove so much in me. And that includes the external like gratification of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying if God has blessed someone with much that you're less content. Um, I think we can choose to be content in any situation like mm-hmm. Paul talks about. Um, but at least for me, I I wanted to acquire more for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm like more people in my life who liked me or said I was awesome or more um, roles that I get to fill or more people that want me a part of things in the job I have or in the family we have, that it that became something I was stuffing myself with trying to find happiness when really if I come to Jesus and let him restore my soul, that looks like resting and relaxing in his presence by streams of water and in green pastures, like Psalm 23 talks about, and letting him fill me with himself, but allowing him to be enough. So that's where the 10 different paths of my head were at. (laughs) Well, and when you talk about the idea of less, I even go back to like our information age. Um, Mm, We have so much information but we often don't have the right ways to process it. Like mm-hmm. I genuinely don't know. And, and don't be wrong, like God's sovereign. He, he saw this coming. He wasn't surprised by our technology and whatnot, but like it doesn't feel like the human uh, mind or brain was supposed to have this much information. And so when you're mm-hmm. processing all the information from ads and marketing to um, people's posts on social media and you're seeing their vacations or their highlight reels or their family pictures, like it causes you to have so much information where you become discontent with mm-hmm. like everything. Um, and that's where like the simplicity of life. So there it might go. not even be less simplicity. It's not necessarily, it, it is a little bit of less, you know, it's, it's less of the lies. It's less, it, it could be less stuff, but it's just the simplicity that's of life. Word. Yeah. Um, because yeah. when we have so much information, we have so much to compare to and we're not supposed to, but like, let's be honest, we're human. We're, we're you're naturally going to compare yourself. Um, and but but I think the more we celebrate and kind of back to that thankfulness, the more we celebrate other people, the mm-hmm. more content we'll be with the things that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can truly celebrate that stuff that we have. So it's being thankful for what you have. It's celebrating other people, but it's trying not to get this information overload, trying not to look up everything from just mm. all, all the information we have the world in our pockets in our phones mm-hmm. um and on one hand it's crazy cool and on another hand i think it's led to a lot of discontentment mm-hmm. um and a lot of this insecurity that you can find 1400 people better at something than you are that you thought you were pretty good at because you're the best amongst your friends or whatever but you get online you're like wow i'm nowhere near that and then mm-hmm. you get down on yourself so just watching the information or being cautious of the information that we take in um and not allowing that to affect our contentment. But again, that's allowing external circumstances to affect our inward contentment. And when we chase after joy, focusing inwardly on a relationship with God, saying I'm content with who God is and who he's made me to be, um, that's an incredible starting point. If we can start that with that every morning of I'm content with who God is and who he's made me to be and the life that he's given me, um, I think that that will cause you to have so much joy. 
mm-hmm. um, in your day and in your life. But And even I think the words, at least for me and maybe for some other people, are important there too. The I am statements of I am content. That is who God has made us to be is content in who he is. So claiming that, even when you don't feel like it's true, is not a lie because we're also us feelers at least, <laughs> are very apt to... Are you a feeler? I'm like 100% a feeler. Oh, 120%. Nine and a half I'm years of marriage, I'm creeping things out. All of the feels. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't been married to me for nine and a half years, which would be everybody but Shay. <laughs> I... True statement. <laughs> That's a big R reality right there. <laughs> yeah. I operated out of feelings, I think for as long as my memories go back. Mm -hmm. I would dress based on the way I felt. I would approach people and have conversations based on my feelings or how I thought they felt about me. Mm -hmm. I am also a very habitual person. And part of that comes from knowing I will have a certain feeling when I do this thing. Um, We will explore this more, I'm sure, in different podcasts, but I struggled with eating disorders for years didn't even know I had them. And a part of that was habitual, but it was also a feeling like I liked feeling like I had control of something or clothes. Like we're sitting in our closet and I keep looking at all my clothes. I have far less clothes than I've ever had before, but it's still to me way too many, but I would buy clothes because it made me feel a certain way in the moment when I wore this thing. And I think God gave us feelings for a reason and they are good and beautiful but when they are not checked through his lens or his capital r reality his truth first and i'm just acting out of them then i'm creating these belief systems out of my feelings which will ebb and flow like the sea Mm -hmm. then in the truth and reality of who god is that is consistent no matter what the waves are Mm -hmm. and so these these feelings parts of us are good, but definitely have to be checked. So I actually struggled for a while to on purpose celebrate people because I'm like, I don't feel like I am grateful for that gift that you have because mm-hmm. I wish I could sing like that or yeah. that those people were my friends because I'm tired of feeling lonely. But the act of actually on purpose celebrating other people, even when you don't feel like it, is one of the ways that your feelings start to follow your actions and mm-hmm. your words. Yeah. So I actually started to text certain people after they sang or preached or whatever to on purpose celebrate them Mm -hmm. and tell them I thought they did a great job or dot 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 whatever Mm -hmm. those encouragements looked like and then I quit for a while because I was like I feel like I'm lying but it actually began to break something Mm -hmm. like we have to pull against the the pressure of like no I'm going to keep this to myself you know yeah and it, I don't think that it was necessarily that you're lying because it's not that they didn't do a good right, job. Right, sure. But it, yeah. it, it felt like a lie because your feeling yes. actually caused you to reflect on yourself, which yeah. was prideful and selfish, right? Where yeah. it was like, well, they did a good job, but that makes me feel like I stink at mm. that thing. And therefore, I don't want to text them and I feel down on myself. But that doesn't change the fact they actually did a good job. Mm. Our focus and our attention is just on ourselves rather than on those around us and celebrating those around us. So we have to learn to do it outside of our negative self-view most of the time. Um, now, don't get me wrong. If someone's on American Idol and they're a terrible singer, like, don't text them and be like, you did amazing. You're the best singer on the show. Like, no, they stink. Like, I've often wondered how in the world do some of these singers get on there when they're like, my family says I'm amazing. And it's like, you know, you're terrible. How did no one ever tell you the truth? Um that's a it's a different conversation that's conflict resolution but um yeah like that idea that i don't think that you're lying by celebrating someone else mm-hmm. because they, they actually did did do well mm-hmm. we just don't want to see it because we're too self-absorbed mm-hmm. and then to find intentional consistent ways of practicing gratitude mm-hmm. like starting in the morning with god thank you for who you are for loving us first for making me who you've made me to be I have to intentionally remember to say those things. I'm better about it when Athelia, our two-year-old, is around. And then that actually checks my heart. Like, am I just saying this because I want you to practice this? Or am I actually practicing this myself? And not just doing it like once or twice a day, but as often as it comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And even, I think, having to write notes or putting reminders in our calendars at work or in our phones that say, like, practice gratitude. 
Or people have gratitude journals where, you know, at the end of a day, they'll write down 10 things that they were grateful for that day. And sometimes there are days that's really hard, Mm -hmm. but choosing even the small things, like I'm grateful we have clean water and I don't have to go searching for that. I'm grateful that the sky is blue, even under all those clouds, because hello, winter in Michigan is mostly clouds. Um, So I know a lot of people that are listening around here understand that feeling of like, it can feel so heavy, but practicing gratitude is a part of fighting against those feelings of helplessness and depression that can come even in seasonal, not just seasonal things in your life, but like actual seasons in the weather. So actually finding tangible ways to practice contentment and comparison kills joy. So if we're looking for this internal joy to actually help X out the comparison, and like you said, that naturally happens as humans, but learning to check that in our heads where we become aware of it when that thought runs through our heads and checking that back through capital R reality and capital T truth with like, it's not about me and it's not about you and it's not about how we compare because I should be looking at the face of Jesus And where our treasure is, there our hearts will be. Mm. So what we're focusing on is what we're going to feast on. And if I'm looking at everyone else and feasting on what I think they think of me, that's going to make me sick. But if I am looking at the face of Jesus, and that means, you know, being in a relationship with him, talking to him, listening to him, being in his word, listening to other people speak truth, like that is where my heart will be. And it will help me unfold these following chapters of practicing contentment and not comparing or when that happens practicing the the celebration of how other people are Mm. different from me or when people have what I wish I had um and then honestly this just popped into my head so maybe I need to say it for whoever needs to hear this but the opposite is also true not feeling guilty when God has blessed you with things he's not given other people Mm. that gift of whatever whatever it is he's decided to bless you with is for his glory. It's not because you've deserved it. It's not because you've earned it. It's just out of who he is and the plan he has for your life. And it doesn't mean that what he gave you and didn't give to somebody else means that they didn't deserve that thing or that he loves you better or loves them less. I really struggle with this whenever I go to Africa. So many amazing, beautiful people that I have met there who have almost nothing in the, the tangible sense, mm-hmm. but they have more joy than almost anyone I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Simplicity. Yeah. They know the simplicity of life, the simplicity of what it means to wake up and have another day, uh, to celebrate the fact you get one meal today, maybe. The kids at the Care Point we help with get a meal a day, but I honestly don't even know how COVID has affected yeah specifically our, our friends in Swaziland at the Madabu Guinea Care Point. But I struggle with guilt. Like, why did God give me so much? And I just feel like God keeps telling me, like, I have a plan for you. This isn't about you. This yeah. isn't about me loving you more than them because that's not true. Yeah. And in some ways, then I actually have to sacrifice the envy of the joy that they do have in the simplicity of life that they have. But it's it's both sides, right? Not just comparing what I think I wish I had that was more, mm. quote unquote, more, but not holding this guilt that like God has actually given me more, yeah. quote unquote, than many other people. But practicing thanksgiving and gratitude for that. Well, and I think when we're content, again, with much or with little, um, we'll be obedient. Mm-hmm. Like. If, if we're not fighting or striving for something um, worldly or external, when God asks us to use what he's given us, again, whether a lot or a little, um, when he asks us to use those things, whether it's open our homes for people, whether it's blessing people financially, whether it's time, maybe mm-hmm. he's blessed you with a lot of extra time um, and um, we'll be obedient in those moments. And so I think God gives different resources to different people um, in order mm-hmm. to be obedient. And a lot of times I know I struggle with like being selfish. Like when I get blessed mm-hmm. with certain things, when I'm like, wow, this is really cool for me. Um, but, but how do I turn around and ask God like, okay, God, how do you want me to use this? And maybe it is for me. Maybe, maybe that's just something God just want to bless me with. 
but maybe it's something he's given me to use to bless others. And so seeking to be obedient um, out of my contentment, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just, I'm going to be content with what I have so that I can keep having it and whatever. Like, I'm going to be content so I can be obedient. Um, yeah. And the, I think it's in James where God says to ask me for things and I will give them without to a you. Without being double-minded. Yeah. Yeah, James 1. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't mean that in a prosperity gospel sort of way where, well, I'm going to ask you for, I want this number in my bank account, but truly asking God for contentment. But when I was practicing this with patience a few months ago, being a new mama again and having a most incredible, energetic, talkative two-year-old who would talk and sing at the top of her lungs and also would throw temper tantrums at that decibel, I would find myself praying for patience and subconsciously hoping it just opened itself up out of me. But after reading James again, I was like, wait, God says he gives it to me. Mm. I need to act like I have it. And I did. I just started like, I'm going to be patient. And that's not out of my power. That's the Holy Spirit's yeah. fruit in me. Mm-hmm. But the same is true with contentment, I think. Not just praying for contentment, but choosing it. Like mm-hmm. choosing to use it. Yep. And in some ways, um, I wanted to have your ideas on this too. But that looks like the practicing like Thanksgiving or having a gratitude journal. But other things as well. Like right now, in the month of January, Shay and I have decided to spend no extra money outside of what we needed for our January budget to practice contentment. And that is an an abstaining from on purpose trying to acquire more things, even even if some of those things are good, um, but finding the posture of our hearts truly in the fullness of who God is and letting him be enough. But also that helps create a new habit where I'm not just frivolously spending or my card is saved in this app, so it's really easy. <laughs> Hi, buddy. It's really easy to just like click, yes, I'll buy this thing. Um, but other practices within contentment. So for me, um, I really like my house, like all picked up and organized. But that is kind of counter to the, the space God is wanting me to be in to learn to relax in his presence and rest. So on purpose, I'm not cleaning everything up all the time. That might be the opposite of what someone else needs to practice. Yeah. Um, but for me, that that's one of the actions that I need to practice to find contentment with my life and where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, at least personally for you, do you have that you've thought about doing, need to do, or have done before that you could share? Um, honestly, like the spending fast in January has been really, really helpful for me. <laughs> um, just to say, like, I'm not going to buy stuff um even like at the grocery store like obviously we need groceries but like i've intentionally been like oh should i pick up something extra like i don't know whatever that is ice cream beef jerky something i don't know um where it's like oh that would be nice to have it's like nope that's not on the grocery list that's not a part so like even just withholding from those extra things um has been a really really good discipline of me for me Mm -hmm. um i've thought about uh, deleting our Uh, credit cards off of our Amazon. So we have to manually input it all the time because it's so easy to be like, add to cart, credit card's already there, select the right credit card, place order. Like it's Mm -hmm. just so simple. And I think COVID made that easier too because so many places were closed. Yeah, um, became a habit. Yeah. Um, So that's been really, really helpful for me. Um, But again, I think that because I'm right in the middle, I don't have a lot of good like, oh, I do this and it's so helpful. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. Um, so if you out there have a lot of good ideas, you find yourself being content all the time. I'd love to hear what your ideas are um, in that realm. But um, yeah, it, for so for me, this last year, the biggest thing has just believing the truth of what God says. So when I feel the insecurity coming on, it's actually holding true to what I believe. And a, a lot of times I've gone back to that picture of me in the car mm-hmm. after I failed. And I, I just try to picture the face of Jesus and the mm-hmm. welcoming, grace, grace-filled face of Jesus um that it's like no i'm i'm okay like i'm okay um when it comes to stuff though man that's 
because I talked a lot about contentment, like internally um, mm. with who I am. But when it comes to stuff, that's just that's really hard. And that's why that practicing uh, January this month of fasting for us has been good from spending um, because I'm just I get single track minded. Um, I just love the thing that I'm in that moment. So like this last summer, I started fishing a lot more. I fished when I was younger, but I hadn't fished for years, really. Um, and then it was like, oh, I need all the different kinds of lures and I need I would like a couple rods and we already had kayaks and I was like, what do I need to get to add to my kayak so I can kayak fish and all this stuff. Um, and, uh, and I also got a motorcycle, um, got a crazy cool steel on it, 90, 85 Honda rebel. Um, and, uh, pick that up. And then it was like, oh, well I need the, the riding jacket and the riding boots and I need the helmet. I mean, obviously I need a helmet cause I want to ride with a helmet on. Um, but like I, I needed these certain things, quote unquote needed, right. Where I get single track minded <laughs> and I just get absorbed in what I'm doing rather than, than letting just like the, the patience and the unfolding of time allow for those things to happen. Mm -hmm. I just try to force them so often, um, where I'm in it and I want it. And so I, I figure out how to get it. Um, and some of that goes back to my control of finances where I've had to let go of the control of finances as well. But, um, yeah. So again, I don't feel like I have very good ideas hmm. other than what we're currently in the spending fast. Um, this was like the first intentional thing where we were like, we've been struggling with like stuff because mm -hmm. it's just, again, it's easy to add that extra $10 thing to your Amazon cart and then just pick it up for the house or whatever, where it's like, Nope, we're not going to do that this month. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and it, cause it's not like we were dropping thousands of dollars. We're not in credit card debt. Like God's blessed us a ton in that realm. Um, and we're, we're, a, doing well in that aspect but it was it was becoming just this discontent with the stuff i had and wanting to change things out or update things or fix things or um and so really fighting for mm -hmm. that contentment um has been difficult for me mm -hmm. well and if you're out there listening and you've been in a similar boat you know no matter how many things you acquire no matter what position you get next you're never satisfied yeah for sure. Because true satisfaction only comes from God yep. and being in relationship with him and letting him be first in your life. Mm -hmm. We have all been given that God-shaped hole that only he can fill. Yep. And when we try to fill it with other things, the more versus the simple less, mm -hmm. we, we find ourselves in the same place over and over again. Yeah. Like, at least for us, when we were quarantined during covid I found myself shocked. This will probably be another episode at some point in time, certain things that we learned, but that I still followed me, <laughs> you know, when things were shut down and you couldn't be around people. I was like, whew, good. I can just like rest and relax. But I followed me where I was and God met me in that space, but, and revealed to me, like some of the things you think for other people or that you think would happen if the world shut down is actually you in the state of your heart but i i'm here and let's work on this so it's just making these intentional choices and i think it's in some ways some of it will be the same for all of us like spiritual disciplines and some of it will look different based on who you are where you are where god has you so praying through that prayer and fasting i think is so important it's a spiritual discipline all believers should participate in and i do want to say like i know there are some people who can't fast food but what would God ask you to fast? Mm, yeah. Even like for us, this this January fasting of not spending extra money, but maybe it's a social media account if you're comparing yourself. Mm. Or maybe it's just coffee, like something you, you feel like God's like, hey, would you give this up for a time and just spend time when you would be doing this with me instead and reprioritizing our life with him first because then he will prioritize mm -hmm. where everything else should go mm -hmm. and just coming back to him in each of these moments like god what do you say how how do i invite you into this space in this car with me what would it be like if you were here mm -hmm. um and just allowing allowing him to lead you into the places he has for you because some of the things that he calls me too might not be the same as you because I come from a different experience, a different story. Um, but if we are in prayer conversation with him, not just to him, then I really think he will lead us into these places where he'll show us what to give up or what to begin doing to replace things. Because it's 
it's important to replace old things with new things. If we just take out old things, there will still be that empty space that is supposed to be filled with God. So allow his voice to be in that space instead and then tell you where to start this new thing that will become a a beautiful new habit of celebrating somebody else, of capturing those thoughts about comparison and giving them back to Jesus and practicing gratitude for who he's made you to be, putting you right where he's put you, even in the midst of hardship or trial. Um, yeah, I could go on and on because I feel like he's been teaching us a lot in this area and I'm very passionate about seeking out complete contentment in him. Mm-hmm throughout the rest of our lives yeah i feel like this could be easily a two-part type episode um but because i think we're already at like 50 minutes already and it feels like we could just keep talking but um yeah should we just go ahead and stop there then yeah i would love to pray over Mm -hmm. us and everyone who's listening to this before we go that's great. great okay god we come before you shay and hagan and anyone else who's listening joining me at your throne and we just want to say thank you thank you for being god thank you for being enough thank you for loving us first for giving us all that we need even if that looks like what we don't think it will look like would you show us how to choose contentment god anyone who's listening who doesn't know you would you reveal yourself to them would you show them that you are present that you are faithful that you are loyal full of love and grace and truth those who are listening who have really been battling trial, persecution, things that are causing them to feel helpless or hopeless, would you remind them that you're the hope of the world, that you provide them all that they need, and that in the valley of the shadow of death, they don't need to fear evil because you're with them. God, those of us who are sitting before you just so grateful for the season of life that you have had us in, Would you continue to reveal yourself? Show us how to bless others with the ways that you have blessed us. God, would you teach us contentment in you? Teach us to choose your truth even when it doesn't feel true. Would you begin to transform our hearts through the renewing of our minds? We entrust ourselves back to you, God. Would you do in us what you will? We love you so much, and in Jesus' powerful name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks everyone for joining us for episode two of Spiritual Side Notes. Um, we're so excited that you're with us on this journey and that Aaron and I get to have this conversation. This has been a ton of fun for us. Mm-hmm. And um, we are going to go ahead and move to every week after the feedback we got from you all. Um, and just the, the time we had in our schedules, we felt like this is something God might be asking us to do. And so we're going to start releasing an episode every week. Um, for you to participate and join in on the conversation. So I hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you again soon. See ya.